In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So I want to speak a little bit today um, about the event of the resurrection and what did it mean for the disciples. Um, here, as we read, um, all of the disciples saw the Lord, and they were all in a, in a very depressed state at this point. Because if you can imagine that after three years uh, of serving with Christ and all the things that they saw, they were now put in a position where they felt like we are back to the state that we were in before he came and called us. And, you know, they felt abandoned. They felt like their mission was over and everything was uh, at an end. And when they saw the Lord, we read today in, in verse 20, it says, when he had seen this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Sorry, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So the disciples were glad, obviously, to see Christ, right? Um, they were joyful because Christ was there with them. But as I said, that they were at their lowest point. Um, prior to this, when the disciples were walking together, two of the disciples were walking together on the road, and Christ himself appeared to them, but he was disguised in a way that they could not recognize him. And as they were walking um, and they were speaking with this person whom they didn't know who he was, they said to him, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. All of our hopes were on him. Uh, we, we felt like he was the one. He was the one truly who was going to save us. He was the one who was the chosen one. He was the Messiah. He was the one that all of the prophecies spoke about. And yet after going through the crucifixion and after seeing all the destruction that happened and after seeing that he was taken from them and that he had died, all of their hopes were dashed. So they really were at their lowest point in the past three years. Maybe they remembered the excitement that they had at the beginning of their ministry and when Christ was calling them to serve and when everything was ramping up and how they were performing miracles, they were casting out demons, they were, they were doing all these things and they were living with Christ day by day and learning directly from him. And they felt like they had a purpose, they had meaning. There was something good about their lives and something unique and special that they were joyful for. And yet when Christ was taken from them, all these hopes and all these uh, expectations were, were taken. The, the, the magnitude of the despair that they would have experienced because all these expectations that they had and all these hopes that they had that were taken from them. So truly, they were at their lowest point now, the disciples. And yet, God used this lowest point to bring about the greatest victory, the greatest conquering of any other time in history, which was conquering of death. And so I want to speak a little bit today about how God uses the lowest point, whether it be in the example of the disciples or other examples from Scripture or our, our own lives. How does God use the lowest point? Because often when we get to that lowest point, we feel like we are the furthest away from redemption. We are the first away, furthest away from a solution. We are the furthest away from victory. And yet we see time and time and time again that God uses this lowest point as the means by which to affect change and to bring about the greatest victory. First example I want to mention is the Israelites when they were on the shore of the Red Sea. After Moses had led them out of Israel uh, out of Egypt and they had to pass through the Red Sea in order to leave Egypt completely and enter into Sinai. Uh, they were faced with, uh, you know, being trapped 
uh, at the shore of the Red Sea with the uh, Egyptians coming to kill them. And in that moment, they felt like this was their end. And they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? And they were angry and they were afraid and they were stuck in a position where they had nothing that they could do. This was truly their lowest point. Maybe before that they were slaves, but yet they felt like at least there was some kind of security. There was some kind of safety. There was some um, routine that they expected and they understood what their lives were, were, were to look like. Maybe they didn't like it, but at least they knew what to expect. But here on the shore of the Red Sea, there was nothing that they could do. They were stuck at the very, um, at the very shore of the sea and they couldn't escape. And yet it was during this time that God used this situation to part the sea so that they could pass through the sea. Again, God used this lowest point, this, this point where they felt like there was no option, no solution, no escape. And it is through this that he made a way of escape. God glorified himself in this. And for generations after this time, the Israelites and also the other nations around them would remember and look upon this miracle that happened and to remember the power of God and the love that God has for them. So this is how God used the lowest point for the Israelites. Daniel in the lion's den is another perfect example. You know, Daniel had been very faithful in serving God, and yet he was always persecuted for his faith in Babylon. And so there came a time where um, the king had thrown him into this lion's den because he refused to stop praying. And he was there faced again with maybe his lowest point having been thrown in this lion's den, and that, that even from the perspective of everybody else around him, this was his death. There was no, no way that he could escape from this death being thrown in the lion's den. And yet we know that in the end of the story, what happens is the lions do not touch him, and he comes out victorious and, 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 and to life. And this is a symbol of the resurrection, is that he was thrown into this, which was supposed to be his certain death, and yet the next day he comes out alive um, with the lions not even harming him. Again, sometimes we feel like we are put in this situation of the lion's den where we, there are people that are around us or situations that are around us that are like trying to kill us, trying to destroy us, attacking us in one way or the other. And yet here we see that in this darkest moment, this is when God worked the most in the life of Daniel. And we remember the story. We remember the story because God allowed Daniel to reach to this lowest point. The lowest point is the time which is the most memorable, the most memorable, because when God takes us from the lowest point to the highest point, this change from the lowest to the highest is what makes us to remember and to, to, to be able to recall all these stories of how God used these situations. One of the reasons that God allows this is so that we can learn from it and we can remember these events that are happening in the lives of people that came before us so that when we ourselves are going through a similar situation, we can have faith and remember God's faithfulness to his people. Another example is the three youth in the fiery furnace. Again, these three youth, they were as good as dead. They were thrown into the fiery furnace again because of their faith. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, threw them in there. Um, and again, they were expected to die. There was, there was no expectation that anyone was to survive this. It was intended to kill them. Um, it says, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There was no escape for them. And yet God turned this as an opportunity 
for praise. And they began to praise God, even in the midst of the fiery furnace. They glorified him. They showed his power amidst, uh, um, uh, among the Gentiles that, that had thrown them in to the furnace. And so, again, God took this lowest point, this point of no escape, where there was no hope and there was no human solution that they could conceive of or think of. Sometimes, you know, we focus so much on the human solutions, right? Immediately when there's a problem, we want to start brainstorming. What are the human solutions? What are the things that I can affect and change and working together and doing different things? And that's good. It's good to do that. God is calling us to do all that we can to help ourselves and to help to do good in the world. But there are situations that are beyond our abilities. There are situations that is beyond our power to change, right? And we just have to accept that things are a certain way and that we are trusting in God to get us out, right? Even with the best of human solutions, for instance, situation that we're in right now, we can go to science and we can go to the data and we can think, well, what is the best solution from a human perspective of how to get ourselves out of the situation that we're in? But in the end, who is the one who really truly has the power? Who is the one that we put our faith in to really help us to get out of the situation? It's God, right? These three youth, there was no science, there was no data, there was, there was nothing that they could do to save themselves from this situation. So it was one of those situations where 100% that we are in the hands of God. Whatever God wants, this is what is going to happen. But what did God do? He took this lowest point and he turned it into an opportunity to glorify him and to, to have those uh, servants of his even praising him in the midst of the Gentiles and him even appearing with them in the midst of the furnace, which is a nice uh, meditation for us to think about that God in the midst of our lowest point, he is actually among us, that he is actually with us. When, when, when this fourth person appeared in the midst of the fiery furnace, who was he? He was the pre-incarnate Christ. He was Christ himself who appeared in the midst of the furnace. It's to show us that God is not far away from us when we are in our lowest point. God is there present with us and God is there working and he is working to bring us up out of this point to great victory. Another example is Jonah, the prophet, when he was in the belly of the great fish. This, um, this is his lowest point in the story of Jonah. And in this lowest point that while Jonah had, had was trying to flee from the mission that God had given him to go and preach to the Ninevites because he hated the Ninevites. He didn't want the Ninevites to be saved. They were the enemies of Israel. So when God told him, go preach to the Ninevites, Jonah ran the opposite direction. And yet God wanted to get Jonah's attention and to still use him as a prophet. And so he allowed this fish to swallow Jonah. And in the belly of this fish, when Jonah was in the darkness, when he was in this very, very unique situation that has, you know, we've never heard of this ever happening, okay? It says, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. It is in these times where our prayers are amplified and magnified, and that we are so focused only on one thing. A situation like this, where for Jonah, it's the lowest point, nothing else in the world mattered at this point. The Ninevites didn't matter. His like nothing, nothing mattered. All that mattered to him was that he's crying out to God because of his affliction. And again, his lowest point led to the highest point, which is that God saved him from this. And he went and he preached to Nineveh and Nineveh was saved because of his preaching. 
God heard his prayers and brought him out and he gave him a second chance again. Again, this was his lowest point. We always remember that in our lowest points, it is, it is, it is where we focus the most on God. Maybe I have no other options that I can try. And the only thing that I can do is to pray and to ask God for peace and comfort and a solution. And this is exactly what happened to Jonah the prophet. Uh, another example uh, of this uh, idea of God coming to us at our lowest point is the story of Susanna. The story of Susanna is in the last chapter of the book of Daniel. This is in the deuterocanonical uh, part of the book of Daniel, where you don't find this story in the New King James, but you find it in the Septuagint version of the Bible. Um, we read this story actually on the Apocalypse Night. And, and during the praises of Apocalypse Night, which is on a Friday night to Saturday morning, bright Saturday. Um, all of the readings that we read have the same theme, which is death to life. All the stories and the prophecies that we read are a situation where we're speaking about the death of sin or the death of a person and God raising them to life. And this story of Susanna is one of the stories that we read, not because she literally died and was brought to life, but because she was as good as dead, because she was accused of adultery and she was going to be killed because of sin. She was falsely accused by these two evil men. And at the very end of the story, uh, Daniel wisely uh, rescues her and saves her and determines that these men that are accusing her are accusing her falsely. And they're the ones that end up dying. So in, this is, again, a story where she was in a situation where she was good as dead. Where this was her lowest point, And there was nothing that she could do. God is the one who moved. Uh, the heart of Daniel to have wisdom in order for him to be able to judge rightly in her situation and to be able to save her uh, and, and to, to, um, to, to acquit her of this crime that they had accused her of. So again, this is a situation where we are, we are maybe, you know, at our lowest point where people are accusing us falsely and we don't even know how to respond or how is it that we can convince them that we have not done what it is that they've said that we have done. And yet we rely on God to do this. Again, all of these stories, again and again and again, show the same principle that, that whenever we are at our, our lowest point, this is where God can come and save. The next example about St. Peter, this is an example where this isn't like an external circumstance that happened to St. Peter, but St. Peter himself failed. This is St. Peter's sin itself that he denied Christ three times before the crucifixion. And we read in Luke 22 that Peter went out and wept bitterly when he realized that he had denied Christ three times. And so this was St. Peter's lowest point. He was at a, this isn't because of something that someone else had done to St. Peter, but because he himself had done it. He himself had sinned and had fallen and had rejected the Lord. And yet, what did God do after the resurrection Christ came to St. Peter and he restored him again to his apostleship. He forgave him his sin and he allowed him to continue his service. And this situation actually caused Peter to see his service in a new light, in a new way. He, he, he saw the compassion and the love of the Lord on him and this affected him and this changed him. And we see that his service from this point on was very different from the service that he had from before this point. So it's important for us to remember that even in our lowest point, God can touch us. God can move us. God can change us. God can restore things the way that they were. Another example is Hannah. Hannah is the mother of Samuel the prophet. She was barren, could not bear children. 
and she was very bitter. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. She was, she was, she was so distressed and sorrowful because she wanted a son. And, 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 and this was her greatest desire. Again, this is something beyond her ability. She had no way to affect this or to change this. And then in this lowest point, and that by answering her prayer, God gave her a son who was Samuel to become one of the greatest prophets, to be the prophet who anointed kings. And we see this victory come. But again, it happened what from the deadness of her womb. Right, this idea that she's, she's this is something that God is showing us. This is the power of the resurrection from death to life. If we look back to the very beginning in the sin of Adam, this is actually the same concept. What seemed like the end, what seemed like when Adam and Eve imagined that God has given you paradise, you're the first human beings, God has given you paradise, and He said to you. All these things are yours to enjoy. All these things I have made for you and that you are living in peace and comfort and joy in the midst of the garden with all of your needs met and with the presence of God with you. Okay. And you mess this up by doing what you should not do, by being deceived and doing what you should not do. Imagine your feeling at that point that you have done to yourself the worst possible thing that could be done. Okay. And yet, even in this very moment that this sin had been committed, that you have forsaken all of this that God had to, has given, God already had in his mind the plan of redemption, the plan of bringing back. When he was speaking to the serpent who had deceived uh, Eve, he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel, which is speaking about what? About the Messiah. The Messiah is going to come and he's going to crush the head of the, of the serpent, who is the devil, and he is going to restore his people again to himself. So even in the midst of the sin, that the sin had just occurred and all this destruction was taking place and Adam and Eve were being ejected from the Garden of Eden. And yet in the mind of God, there is the solution. There is the restoration that God wants to bring us from our lowest point again to the point of greatest victory. When Christ was speaking to Martha after her brother Lazarus had died, okay, he says, um, he says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Christ, in fact, did die himself, but he rose again, showing that all along he has been a God who defeats death and to prepare the people for the ultimate resurrection. This is what God is preparing us for. In order for us to understand what resurrection is, we have to understand all of these examples that we've talked about today, which are examples of death, examples of being at the lowest point. We can't really understand or enjoy the power of the resurrection unless we first understand the magnitude of death that exists in the world, how much we have reaped this death, that the death of the world is around us everywhere. The death of sin, the corruption, all of the, even the, 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 the natural disasters that we see in the world, these are not things that God intended for us to experience from the beginning. These are all consequences of sin and the, and the corruption of the world that happened through the sin of Adam and Eve. So when we look at all these examples, God is showing us what, that he is a God 
who brings us from our lowest point to the highest point. He's saying, I can turn the greatest destruction into the, into the greatest restoration. I can turn what is dark into light. And he keeps showing us over and over and over in the examples that we, have, we read in the scriptures, which is why we went through so many of them, to see that this is not just an isolated theme in one place or the other. This is a theme that you will find everywhere. And like I said, in the, in the prayer of the apocalypse night, we read so many of these stories to remind us that this is the God that we worship. So he's, he's, he's reminding us saying, we should not be surprised at the fact that he is resurrected because he has been performing different forms of resurrection all throughout history. And now he's saying, now it is your turn to be resurrected, right? Each believer, when we come to the Lord, he's saying, you were born in death and now I am bringing you to life. Just as all these other people were experienced this kind of a death, this kind of this lowest point of theirs, and now I will bring you to the highest point. So we have many opportunities for resurrection. What seemed like the times of greatest defeat, God turned into the greatest victory, right? What were some of the benefits um, of, and opportunities from these experiences of the lowest point? The people that were at their lowest point and God raised them out of it, it strengthened. They, they saw the power of God working. They saw how God is able to turn this darkest time in their life to something that is joyful and good and victorious. Strengthened the faith of the person. It revealed something about God. You know, it's one thing to read about the faithfulness of God or to read about how faithful he was with other people, but it's another thing to experience it ourselves which is why when God allows us to go through these periods in life of the lowest point, yes, it's painful and, and definitely we don't want it to happen, but God might use these times as a way to help us to see him more clearly, to see how he is a God that turns death into life. Um, God is glorified to everyone when we see these stories of how God turned these situations from the worst case to the best. God glorifies himself. Like I said about the, the Red Sea, parting of the Red Sea, God was glorified for generations and generations because of this miracle that even all the nations around Israel remembered it. And they would, when they would see the Israelites, they would say, these are the people whose God allowed them to go through the Red Sea. Like it was a powerful miracle, right? And God wants this today, even. that He wants to see that he is a powerful God, that he, that he is a God of solutions, that he is able to bring people from darkness into light and to display the power of the resurrection in the life of everyone so when we speak about the gospel of today about the uh the story of saint thomas and him doubting and not seeing uh the lord with the rest okay we see that the disciples were really at their lowest point right and this is actually why thomas had a hard time even believing you know how is it that in this um, depressed state that we're in, in this lowest point that we're in, how is it possible that Christ would come resurrected? It's the last thing that I expect to happen, right? I expect that things are going to continue in darkness and despair as they have been. How is it that God is going to come and restore and change and to make new, right? But he proved his power to them as disciples. Like the disciples themselves benefited from all of this. He proved his power when they would go out and to declare to the people and go preach to the people, people, they would preach with like a renewed sense of confidence and faith because they saw that he can overcome anything, even death. If he is able to do this, then he can do anything. And when they would go preach 
they would preach with this renewed sense of confidence, right? He revived their call and purpose. Remember after they used to be fishermen and then after uh, they were called to apostleship, we don't really read about them fishing, right? But then after the, the crucifixion, we read that now they've gone back to fishing again. You know, it's like they, they, they can't, they weren't going to continue their mission as apostles. They just went back to their old job, right? But here Christ is saying, no, you are still my apostles. Your mission and your call is still to go and to preach to, to the world and to convert them to Christianity, right? He reminded them that he still loved them. And in so many ways, um, they benefited from seeing, seeing how God took them from the lowest point to the highest point. And so this is a theme that even for us, that we see over and over again in the scriptures. And we have to ask ourselves, how do we feel when we are at the lowest point? How easy is it for us to lose hope and to give up thinking that there is no hope or there's no future for us, whether it be because of a circumstance that happened around us that's out of our control. It could be from the actions of another person or other people, or it could be even my own weakness, my own mistake, my own sin. And I feel now that like St. Peter, like I have no future because I have destroyed the only future that I had. And yet God says he can take us from this lowest point even to resurrection. And we read in Job 19.25 that even while Job was at his lowest point, that he says, for I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. And so if we are always reminded and in faith, we remember that God is with us that God knows how to resurrect, that he resurrected himself and he resurrects us both in the spiritual way and in the physical way, and that he can transform us no matter how far away we are from him, no matter how our low our position is, that he can raise us up again and glory be to God forever. Amen.